What's up, everybody? We're back here with Devin the Bear here to discuss and dissect what was UFC 269. Uh, easily, I mean, a great way to end 2021 in the UFC. A great card uh, from top to bottom. Um, you know, I I thoroughly enjoyed all this fight. We watched me and Zach yeah. watched every single fight on this card, and we loved all of them. I mean, not the main event so much, but I mean, it was still we good. We still though. loved it. Yeah. It just didn't go the way we wanted. we wanted. Yeah, but I think it's one of those where. It's bittersweet because we still are fans of Charles. Charles one of the things where you, it's one of those fights where you don't want either person to lose. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, um, get things started. We had a catchweight with uh, Jillian Robertson defeating Priscilla Cachoeira by submission. Cachoeira. Cachoeira. Fuck that lady. <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry. I had to be honest about You're that. You're all right. Um, she could make weight, and yeah. then I'll let you go with. Where you're going with it? Uh, so she missed weight, obviously. We so that's why it was a catch weight. Could make 125 pounds and be professional. And then we have uh Jillian Robertson. You know she's doing a really good job pressuring Cachoeira. Then she gets her to the ground, doesn't even get both hooks in, gets in a rear naked choke. And you see Cachoeira right in front of the referee's eyes decides to go and put her thumb right into Jillian Robertson's eye, not just once but twice. And it was in there, man. It was a deep dig. She was really going for that eyeball. And eventually, uh, it looked like she went out. Then she tapped, and that was Jillian Robertson getting the win. And um, with this, though, um, my opinion, I think they should cut Cachoeira after that. Yes, I think uh, they should find her and then cut her. Because yeah. she really reaches back and takes her thumb and tries to dig it into Jillian's eye. You see eye. that arm just jam yeah. in there, yeah. And then when she reaches her hand up a second time, she, like, misses and then repositions and goes right into the eye and yeah. just tries to jam her thumb in there eye gouging that's one of the like most basic rules of any combat sport and the ref is like his face is right there yeah not saying anything. staring at it like ah this is okay yeah and he is not saying anything which i get i'm sure is because the choke was in deep that's why he was waiting for it to tap but still he should have said something because that could have seriously damaged anything in jillian robertson's eye what happens if she didn't tap and she just kept jamming her thumb into her eye next you know jillian robertson until the damage is done yeah she has a damaged eyeball and even though she has a win, what, is, what does that win do now, you know? Not everybody can be Michael Bisping. And so, exactly. And uh, Jillian Robertson, who has a great career in front of her, champion or not, she's gonna she's always fun to watch. Um, you know, so luckily she didn't get it hurt. She did. She got a great submission off of that as well. Uh, I mean, it's one of the few rules that have been around since the start of the UFC. Yeah. And people do When there snake, was literally, like, three rules. They do snake shit like this, and it's just annoying to watch. It's like, are you really that desperate to not tap, even though it's obviously in, you know? But good on Jillian Robertson. Happy to see her get the win. It's also some great performances as well on the prelims. Tony Kelly put on a great fight. Louisiana Southern Boy native, so it's always cool to see that. Uh, we saw Ryan Hall come in, very competitive fight back and forth. Erin um, Blanchfield, uh, Blanchfield, I mean, she put on a clinic against Miranda Maverick and yeah. I didn't expect that. I didn't either. Uh, yeah. Miranda Maverick had no answers for her. Yeah. Uh, Miranda Maverick was ob- Miranda Maverick was obviously upset with it yeah. uh, with the, with the fight at the end but I mean she uh she was controlled the whole time. Uh she was in a ton of dangerous positions and managed to survive so at least there's that. At least she fought to not get submitted but um and but also Aaron Blanchfield, that's another name we're gonna be looking out for really really soon. Only twenty two years old and just yeah. beat a top uh, a top prospect in the flat, women's flyweight division. Daniel Cormier couldn't stop talking about how young she is. Yeah, creep, freaking he, weird. He was kind of weird about it though, right? He was right? very weird about it. Yeah, 
Uh, I, I know, feel like he sh- he he should not be watching film on her. Uh, yeah, because he's gonna be looking for a different type of film, <laughs> and that pervert. Uh, I don't know. There's a whole thing with him going on right now, though, and I think he kind of deserves to get called I'm, out. For I'm it. glad he's getting called out. Yeah, yes. I mean, he's very. Um, and I'm a Cormier fan, and um, me too. It's what with his bias and in all of his predictions, where all of his commentary in the fights, it's obvious that if you're not Dagestani or you're not a wrestler, he doesn't give a shit about you. He doesn't care. And so there's are some more factors that will make him favor somebody in over, you know, so make him favor somebody. But uh, Donna Cruz called him out, and rightfully so. I think uh, D- Daniel Cormier, I understandably, he does confront these guys. These are all former fighters or f- current fighters. They're going to say something. These guys aren't scared. What, what's the worst you can do? Fucking fight them, you know? But make it, it happen. It comes down to that. Um, I mean, if these fighters are upset with another fighter saying something, they're gonna. They're obviously gonna speak up. So, um, I mean, good old Dominic Cruz. He's kind of, you know, probably shouldn't have said it in the media. Probably could yeah. have said it to his to him in person. Well, he has yeah. apparently several times. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what he he kept talking about in the little interview he had with yeah. Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Um, DC versus DC, as I like to call it. Um, but yeah, he says, I've said it to you several times. I don't know why I can't. He's like, well, you say those things in private, but you wouldn't go out and say, he's like, I don't What's why, why, why can't I say things in, in private or say things to, in public that I, that I tell you in private all the time. I tell you these things not to hide them. That's why I tell you is because yeah. everyone needs to know. He says, what did he say? Um, <sighs> something is love. Kept saying that over and over again. I, I forgot. I know exactly what you're saying, though. Like but criticism is love, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. No. It was just. Uh, it's one of the things where it's like even Justin Gaethje spoke about. A lot of fighters are doing it, and Daniel Cormier just gets offended about it when it's yeah. like instead of getting offended, be the adult and the mature person you are, and stop and take a look back and think if a lot of people are saying this, maybe there is something wrong. You know. So, um, onto that, we had Andre Muniz get another submission over Eric Anders, who looked gassed within the first two minutes of that fight. Yeah. Uh, I'm if a big Eric Anders him, fan. I think it was like 40 seconds. Yeah. And he started looking pretty gassed. Yeah, very, very fast. But uh, Andre Muniz, man, he's taking people's arms home with him. And I'm, I'm excited to see it. He deserves all the hype. And yeah. so, uh, some more. Uh, but once we got to 7 o'clock or, or the other half of the prelims, man, it got turned up quick. Yeah. Uh, we had Bruno Silva knock out Jordan Wright. And uh, that was such a rough one. Is the way his head just yeah. was like flying all over the place while he was falling. He's getting touched up, and and he was actually kind of the one touching up Bruno Silva. Yeah, with his Muay Thai, he was kind of getting Bruno Silva's. The, he's getting the work in on him, and Bruno Silva just started popping him once they separated. Yeah, and he um, Jordan Wright made a mistake and didn't keep his guard up while separating, and that led to him getting dropped. And he did a little bit of a chicken dance. And uh, it was just a good fight, though. Uh, good on Bruno Silva, but probably my favorite knockout of the night was when Tai Tuviasa knocked out oh, uh, yeah. Augusto Sakai. Did he knock him out? He knocked I him think out. He killed him. Yeah, something like that. I think we he caught a body for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's throwing up the 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 South Wales sign and everything. The uh, Western South Wales sign, showing his lip tattoo. I'm like, he's in a gang, 100. <laughs> percent He's affiliated. <laughs> but man, that was it was a it was a kind of a slow start at first but um you could tell that Augusto Sakai wanted nothing to do with the power and yeah. he wasn't really doing anything to make Tuvi also respect him as well though and i think that's the issue too is cuz Tuvi also will bite down the mouthpiece and throw it down with anybody you know and we've seen it he did it with even Junior Dos Santos when Junior Dos Santos is coming back is uh you know but Tai Tuvi also has very crisp kickboxing even though he, he is a brawler at the same time 
he did train at AKA for a while. That's also why DC is very highly, highly touted or highly respected whenever he talks about um, Tai Tuviasa. But in the second round came in, Tuviasa saw the left. His coach told him, like, that left hand's there, just land it. Yeah. He landed it, hurt him, hit him with a right hook, dude. And the way he folded up against the cage, I mean, fuck. Darn near broke his leg. Yeah. Tore all the ligaments. Yeah. I mean, we won't see a Goose Sky around for a while after that one. That was rough, man. And uh, we got to see some good old classics of vintage shoeys going on, too. Yeah. Um, no hot sauce this time. Courtesy of the Nelk Boys tossing the shoe in the, in the seltzer in. And uh, did you hear Taizu Vyasa talk about that? He almost got in a fight with one of the arena officials. He should have. They freaking were shoving him yeah. around. And finally, whenever they, he said whenever the guy was pouring the beer down, in um, that last shove when they showed him hard and yeah. all that beer fell in his, like, into, into his, his eyes, eyes, he said back there, he looked down and was like, hey, man, people watch me come out here and knock people out and do fucking chewies. Like, you don't put your hands on me like that. And Which I don't know who that official thinks he is to do yeah. that with, with these like guys. I, I get they're probably told, like, hey, don't, you know, hurt, get these guys on the ramp so we can keep going. Yeah. But... It's a show. These people paid to be yeah. here for this that exact thing. Yeah. Because when you go to a Tai Tuviasa fight, that's what you look for. Um, and when they start pouring beer, like that's uh, what is it at wrestling? It's the uh, foreign object. That's a foreign yeah. object. Yeah. Don't, just don't get involved. Let it happen, and then you can push them after. Yeah. I mean, just tell them, hey, we got to go. We got to go. You know, there's no reason to shove a pro fighter because these guys will fucking fight you. What happens if you ruin his vision yeah. and he can't fight anymore? It's an eye infection. You're that guy. Yeah. Congratulations. Because, You'll never work again yeah. with this in, the, in that field. And it, it wasn't a UFC official, though. So no, it's it, someone with the yeah, with the, the stadium. T-Mobile, the T-Mobile arena. It was one of their That's officials. That's what I'm saying. They're not going to work in that field again. And I mean, he had plenty of time also. The ring was, he was out of the ring. And on top of that, I mean, they do 10 minutes of fucking promos anyways. Yeah. Why can't he hang out and have a good time? Especially with the, with this was before Dominic Cruz. So yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. There was, there, there was tons of room for promo right there for him to have fun with the crowd and get them hyped up for the uh, Dominic Cruz fight, which was a great fight. Yeah, that one fight, fight of the, the night. night. Yeah. And it deserved it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we saw Pedro Munoz folded Dominic twice, and I wasn't surprised to see it at all. Uh, Dom, uh, Pedro Munoz is a great fighter. He just, he's gone against really, really tough guys. You yeah. Know? What was this? They said that this was the fifth champion he fought, the yeah. former champion. Let's see. I'm looking at it right now. See, he fought in his past five, six fights. He is, <clears throat> yeah, actually one, two, three, four. Yeah, his past six fight, he has fought Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo, uh, not even six, sorry, five. Um, but five champions: Frankie Edgar, Aljamain Sterling, and Cody Garbrandt. And his five out of six last fights, um, he goes in there and almost knocks out Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz very, very composed and um, somehow came back from that. But this is what I think Dominic Cruz needed, though. He next thing you know, we see him coming in. He starts going to war, Jimmy, with Pedro Munoz. He starts throwing down with him, throwing those really unorthodox, very kind of sloppy haymakers that he's known for, that he makes work to his style. Um, at one point, Pedro Munoz just looked exhausted, and we finally saw the ring rust that Dominic Cruz, even though he says he doesn't believe in it, he has had ring rust. Yes. And now we saw that getting knocked off, and um, he looks like a brand-new machine. I hope so. Um, I'm such a big fan of his. Uh, what I want from yeah. him is Sean O'Malley. Yeah, it'd be fun. I think it'd be a fun fight, and I think um, it makes sense because Sean O'Malley doesn't want to fight these huge people. Like no. as far as the current rankings, Dominic Cruz isn't that anymore. No. Um, Dominic Cruz needs a big name to get a win under mm-hmm. or under under his belt. So I think that would do just that for both guys. Yeah, it gets them what they want. 
And so, um, on with that, I hope Pedro Munoz comes back and gets a good fight, you know, gets a knockout that he loves to get so much. But Dominic Cruz, though, man, we're seeing almost like a resurgence of what we missed out on, you know, his fights with um, his fights with Henry Cejudo and with Cody Garbrandt just kind of shows like that's kind of where we saw the decline of him in his fight with Casey Kinney. It was a really slow fight. Um, yeah. You know, it was very slow pace. He didn't really do much, but Casey Kinney takes two to tango, you know. Uh, Casey Kinney was very flat-footed in that fight, but Pedro Munoz brought the fight out of Dominic Cruz that this is why we enjoy watching Dominic Cruz fight. And so the headliner in the prelim was Josh Jemmy defeating um, Dan Ige by unanimous decision. This was a good fight as well. Yeah, but I was surprised it went to the judges. Me too. I expected somebody to get knocked out, honestly. I mean, credit to Dan Ige for having such a good chin on him, man. I don't think we've uh, ever said, I can't recall any time that he's ever been knocked out. He's actually never been knocked yeah, out. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. I think we he's said never, that that night. Yeah, he's never been stopped. He's even submitted. I mean, he's kind of got some killers. He's fought guys like Chan Sung Jung, or he's uh, he's fought Calvin Cater, Edson Barboza. The list goes on and on. I mean, he hasn't, lo- like, bef- before that, though, I mean, he has a really good record in the UFC. He's 15-5, and five, but we saw a healthy Josh Emmett come in. And um, he's been out for a long time, it feels like. Uh, the the featherweight division's kind of moved past him since he's been yeah. out for so long. He's been out for about a year and a half, and uh, he came in. Uh, the one thing though, I was surprised to see it a unanimous decision. Not one judge gave it to to Danny Gay. Yeah, you know. Uh, once they said it was unanimous, mm-hmm. did, was it unanimous or was it split? It was unanimous. Was, okay. Yeah, there was a split decision at some point, and I don't remember who it was. Um, but I remember once it happened, I was like, oh, "Okay, the, it's going this way." The Neo Ponzinibbio. That one. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with Josh Emmett getting a win. He, I feel like he needs it. I'm a big fan of his as well. Um, I like Danny Gay. He's not going anywhere. He'll be I all hope, right. Hope not. He'll be back. Yeah. I mean, he's he's young. He's a great fighter. He's always fun to watch. But Josh Emmett really needed this win to show that he can be a top 10 featherweight fighter. He's in a stacked division. The only thing I see with Josh Emmett is going to need to do, he really needs to start putting better better combinations together. Yeah, he likes to throw heavy. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like to throw a lot. Yeah. He throws a lot, but he doesn't like to put together a combination. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that, though, that he has great uh, cardio. He from, yeah. from the start of the first to the end of the third, he's throwing with the same exact amount of power. Bomb. And so uh, it's just one of those things where, I mean, if he was to really start to, like, work on his boxing, which he, I know he has great boxing, but if he was to really technically break down combinations and practice those, I mean, he could just pitter-patter a little bit, throw a bomb, you know. He's kind of like, I think, a style that if he was a boxer, that would be perfect for him. would be the um, the peekaboo style, like a Mike Tyson style, you know, because of how short and stocky and powerful he is. And so um, hopefully we'll see both of them back pretty soon. And we see Danny Gay in the win column in his next fight. So for the main card, uh, started off with a great performance by Sean O'Malley defeating Julian Paeva by TKO. Um, this one was kind of a not. I wouldn't. It was very evenly matched when they were first kind of going back and forth. Yeah, you know? Paeva uh, was sitting in front of him taking those shots, and yeah. then he starts moving his head, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but then he starts getting rocked. Yeah, he uh, he was he was touching him up pretty good, landing leg kicks, and Sean O'Malley yeah. was not liking those leg kicks. Uh, he does, uh, surprisingly, like since the Cheeto verified, he doesn't really check leg kicks, and I was I would expect him to work on that with, especially with Tim Welch. Uh, Tim Welch has a great mind when it comes to MMA. He's done it as well, but I mean, you know, you can't knock that when it comes to Tim Welch and Sean O'Malley, they work together so well. You know, they're they, too busy being weed heads. Yeah, little little potheads smoking <laughs> the devil's lettuce, but. 
This right here, though, showed that Sean O'Malley is ready for these big guys, and he's always been ready for these big guys. Yeah. It's just the UFC is protecting him so much. Like Dana White even says, well, why am I going to throw Sean O'Malley into the shark tank whenever I could throw a guy like Hamza Chamayev into the shark tank? But being on the biggest stage of them all when it comes to global What's the MMA. Difference? That's what I would want to yeah. know. Is what's the difference? Yeah. Uh, you know, being on the on the big stages, we all want to see the zoo fight a top ten guy, and we show him what he can do against a guy who's in, in the top fifteen. And then out of nowhere, they you see that they took him out of the top fifteen. Yeah, like just the before fight. the fight. Yeah, just before the fight, they took him out of the top fifteen. And I bet you it was something had to do with you know Sean O'Malley, like get that you know, hype. You know, get the hype of the whole unranked champion thing, which is just like <clears throat> I feel like it discredits the UFC in the sense that this is as real as it gets. Whenever we're just kind of going about and we're making things happen to help benefits one person's you know clothing line or you know whatever you know trend they're trying to set yeah. it and, becomes a show yeah and it's all i understand that you know fighting is a show at the same time this is also entertainment that's why we enjoy it. that's why we're like watching it but we have to keep some type of legitimacy with what we like as well you know but with sean O'Malley though i would really like to see him finally i don't even want to see him fight a top 15 i want to see him fight a top 10 dominic cruz yeah I, it you makes know? a lot of sense um I, I like the idea of Dominic Cruz fighting Jose Aldo, which we talked about that night, but I think Dominic Cruz and Sean O'Malley would be a great fight to set up. Have that headline uh, free card, which they won't do. They'll put Sean O'Malley on a pay-per-view. Yeah. But have that headline a free card. Yeah. We we need to see what it looks like whenever he headlines a card. They need to give him the chance yeah, to Yeah, because he it. talks about all these people he puts in seats, and it's yeah. like, yeah, but you... Also, kind of ride the coattails of these big names like Dustin yeah. Poirier, Charles Oliveira, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor consistently. Yeah. So, and that's what's the downside of watching him fight is you know, like it, I'm sure he has plenty of fans. Like shit, I'm a fan of him. You know, yeah. as a fighter, I'm a big fan of him. Um, and it's one of those things where, can, like I've told you before, it completely deters him saying he puts butts in seats whenever you know they put him on a big card. Like I'm sure there's a couple people who are like, oh, O'Malley's on that card too. Let me get that card, but. Um, whenever you put him on a big card, of course that card's going to sell, you know? And, uh, I would like to see him actually headline a fight card because, uh, like a, like a fight night or something, because we can really see how much he actually brings in, yeah. you know? Put and him, so put him in Dominic Cruz. I know that a lot. card. Make it happen. Vegas, whatever. Book it, Sean. Is. You know? Freaking Sean Shelby. Pick one. Can't have two first names. You know, I was thinking a lot, though. I actually don't want him and Adrian Yannis to fight anytime soon. Why? Because I would like to see um, Adrian both, of them, himself up. both of them get into the top ten to make that fight okay. happen. That'd be cool. Just just so where it's like, okay, now like these guys have definitely established themselves as a top ten fighter or even top 15. <laughs> Plus, but, you give them time to build that ri- rivalry. Yeah, build the rivalry, build the rep of each other. So if they lose, whoever loses... Um, still keeps the hype of who they are, you know. And um, watching that fight, though, man, I mean, it's especially watching Sean O'Malley last night. I kind of realized though that I thought Adrian would steamroll him for a while. And watching that fight, it's like, man, I think this is going to be a tough fight for both these guys. Yeah. Know? It early in that fight, it's Sean O'Malley controlling. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he finishes Adrian. I don't think he does. If if he wins that fight, it's by decision, I think. Yeah. Um, but Adrian wins that fight by knockout in the in the late second or third round. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, because I don't think Sean's gonna be able to keep up with Adrian Yanez, the right. whole fight. Yeah. He won't ke- he won't keep up with him. Yeah, Adrian's really good at reading his opponents as well, and yeah. um, but Sean is very unorthodox at the same time, but. Uh, I guarantee you that Adrian has a much better gas tank than Sean O'Malley. You He's know? better gas tank, um, better fundamentals. Yeah. 
and kind of just a better I know it's a weird one to say, but like a better sense of gravity. Uh, Sean O'Malley is very all over the place, and that's one of the reasons those leg kicks were working so well. Yeah, is because he's getting thrown off balance every time he would land with one because yeah. he's his, the way he has his footing half the time. And I think if Adrian Giannis can start implementing low kicks into his game, I don't see Sean O'Malley beating Adrian Giannis. Yeah. I agree. And so on to that, we saw Kaikar France get the knockout. This is so far that I would say the knockout and also the highlight of his career for right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, walks out there and fights Cody Garbrandt, former champion who's been who's been one in five in his last six. You know, he walks out there and uh, Cody Garbrandt talked a little, said said some things. Uh, talked about how these flyweight guys won't be able to handle my power. I'm a lot bigger than them. And it was just like, man, if you didn't watch your former teammate come down and say the same thing and get knocked out in 32 seconds, then you're not really learning, you know? And yeah. uh, he walked in there and he just, like we said from the start, like in the Rob Font fight, no head movement. Yeah. You know? You he, can't... He, that was what we talked about in our in our um, episode last where we talked about this fight was, yeah. before it happened, was that he can't go in there and sit there like he has in his last few fights. And that's mm. exactly what happened. Yeah. And that's, he just stood right in front of Kaikara France. And so, like, as you'll see a lot with these little fighters, these shorter guys, is the overhand right is the main punch. And Kaikara France throws it so nice, though. He takes his head off the line. He put he ducks into it, but still has his eye on the opponent. I mean, he turns the city kickboxing. It's some of the best striking in the world. And that's not even an overstatement, you know? Um, it's been proven. And he went in there, and he put Cody Garbrandt flat down. Then after that, it ended up folding him like a lawn chair and put him out. Um... Now we have Kaikara France, who's riding the hype of that big knockout. Um, his nickname is Lights Out for a minute. And we're, um, we see him doing that, but there's also the thing of, you know, he's calling for a title shot now, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing that he's calling for a title shot now. Yeah. And, um, he He's built up enough hype behind him yeah. with what he can do. Um, I, I do feel like, not necessarily that it's a little early for him to get a title shot, but I think the flyweight division has some sorting out to do with the title picture right now. Yeah. So I don't think he's gonna get it. Yeah. No. There's there's a lot going on. It's kind of the way the flyweight division, the top five is kind of smushed up right now. There's a lot of guys we don't know who's doing what. Uh, Matt Schnell and Alex Perez was supposed to be on this card, but they got rebooked. Uh, Matt Schnell, did you? I actually meant to send that to you. His little thing that he had. Um, a doctor came in and checked his pulse right after cutting weight and making weight, and was like, "Your heart rate's too high. I'm calling off the fight." Oh, right after making weight, like just just finished well, cutting his weight body's and everything. Drained. And that's what he was like. If he came back in ten minutes, he would know that I was totally fine. He was yeah. like, "They've already checked my vitals. I'm okay." He was like, "I would just I was working out. I was cutting weight. Like my heart rate's gonna be up." And um, really sucks to see it. I look. I was looking forward move. to have all these uh, Louisiana guys on the card, man. Um, but. Hopefully we'll see Matt Schnell back soon, and we don't have some idiots in there telling these guys how to do their job. You know, I mean, I understand these are medical professionals, but uh, idiots to, though. But to have no sense of like, is this normal? You know, well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and check you in ten minutes to see how things are looking. Well, what if let's even for a heart rate that was uh, from someone being active and drained? What if even for that it was abnormally high? Yeah. So that, mean, that's the case. that could be the case too, you know. Probably shouldn't bash the doctor, but fuck that. I was looking forward <laughs> to that fight, and so I, I the flyweight division's got so much life to it, and yeah. so it's to see that fight get called off, man. It really sucked because Matt Schnell's really finding his footing, training at Heritage Muay Thai, which 
they just had four people medal in a grappling tournament. Yeah. Uh, gi and no gi. And our boy, Jeremy Milborn, got gold and bronze. And the and gold in the no gi and bronze in the gi, I be, or, yeah, I believe. Um, but that's that's a Muay... Just to, like, iterate how cool that is. That is a Muay Thai gym going over and taking over a grappling tournament. Yeah. And if you don't understand how cool that is, you're stupid. Yeah. You're a casual. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something insulting. You're not. You don't know what you're looking at. You're just that's a so schmuck. Cool. Like, a, like the, imagine a boxer going in there and submitting a Gracie yeah. back in the day. That's how cool this is. And that's the thing, too, is like, you know, in my opinion, I think Heritage is the best striking gym in Texas. You know, um, talking with these guys and seeing them work and also being give us having the chance to be able to go in there and train with uh, Jeremy as well. Um, it's just working with these guys and seeing their mentality. I mean, Michael Chase Cordley keeps them so level headed. It's yeah. insane. It's, uh, it's such a nice place to be. Yeah. I mean, overall, we've, I mean, shit, we talk about it at least once a week. It's like, man, I just need like a couple extra hundred bucks. And we start go there, there like once a year. Yeah. And so, uh, it's <laughs> we'll just be like, going man, more. don't worry. Well, it's like, man, uh, but it's just so much fun when we go in there and I'm happy that they're doing well. They're showing that they're more than just Muay Thai and yeah. I think they're taking, they're going to take Texas MMA by storm eventually, especially with Oliver Hernandez. Yeah. With, who will be headlining a card January 30th of 2022 Fury yeah. Amateur Series. Excited to Look see Look forward it. to it. Uh, back to UFC 269. We're so, going to finish up here soon. Yeah. We also saw Sean O'Malley say something about Cody Garbrandt getting knocked out. Oh, yeah. Uh, what did he say exactly? He said uh, some people just weren't meant for this. Yeah, it was kind of uh, kind of a schmuck thing by Sean to say. But then again, Cody Garbrandt was saying that whenever Sean hurt his leg against the Cheeto Vera. Yeah, I was and, about to say, how about when you when your bones shattered yeah. on a on a low kick? Yeah, you know, some, it, pe- some people just weren't meant for this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's. Uh, with all the shit that Cody Garbrandt was talking, it's like you gotta be careful what you say, man. Cause yeah. you're, you're on the decline of your career, and you're calling out a guy who's uh, white hot right now. So um, I don't know. We'll see what's after Cody Garbrandt. I honestly feel like he needs to retire, though. I'd like to see him see if he another shot at flyweight. See if he can yeah. figure it out. If he can't, you know, that's one thing. But I think he can. Give him match no. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be, be cool with fight. that. Yep. That'd be a fun fight. Yeah. It yeah. Would. That'd be a very fun fight. So, on to the uh, mid-card slump, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, we had Jeff Neal defeat Santiago Ponzinibbio by decision, split decision. And I would like to say, it was a fun fight. It was a good fight. The third round We were just spoiled it. all yeah. night. Yeah. No, <laughs> I bet you in any other uh, circumstance, I would be excited for that fight, yeah. watching it. Um, yeah. That third round was fun, though. I wanted Jeff Neal to win. I like Jeff Neal. He's a yeah. Texas boy. Texas I'm always boy. going for him. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio, um, I mean, he's Argentinian. I have friends who are Argentinian, so I always like to support the, uh, him because they're big. They're fans of him, even though they don't even watch the sport. Like, they know who he is. And um, so I think that's really cool. But um, Santiago just, he just looks so behind of everything yeah. that Jeff was doing. Jeff showed great movement in this fight that he didn't show in uh, the Neo Magnify. He showed a sense of urgency. Um, I would have liked to have seen Mark Smith take a step back. Yeah. Because he, he was interrupting a lot. And take it as soon as like Ponzinibbio would get moving, he would take it away from him. Um, and I mean, maybe there was something going on. Mark Smith was in the right, but yeah, his fingers were out there a lot. They were, but so were Jeff Neal's. Yeah. And I didn't like that. I didn't like the uh, I didn't like the calls on one side, but not the other. I yeah. like consistency. And then uh, just like in the World Series or the Super Bowl, when you see the refs calling it for one and one side and not the other. It's just right. not 
It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You don't like that. I didn't like seeing it for one guy and not the other. But, yeah, Ponzo Nibio is definitely a step behind regardless, I think. But with him, he's never out of the fight. So earlier I brought up, like, I, I wasn't surprised that it was a split decision. But right. when they called it was a split, I was like, ooh, it's going to be Jeff Neal. Because yeah. I feel like if they thought it was Ponzo Nibio, it would be all three judges. Yeah, it was just, but it was a good fight though. Uh, we saw Jeff Neal come back, and he just he showed the improvements that he is. He his coach Saeed Saad, uh, that's how you pronounce his last name, right? Sa- Saad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that dude, fucking pumped up Jeff Neal in between that second and third round. And I wish it was okay for coaches to talk like that to their students more often and not be shamed for it, like Jeff Jim West. Jim West, yeah, Jim yeah. and Jim West went had to go and he didn't really apologize, and I'm glad that he did. I hope yeah. he doesn't ever. Um, but yeah, coaches know how to talk to their people. You need to let them talk to their people the way they talk to their people. Yeah. And speaking of that, the co-main event. Yeah. Speaking of uh, coaches coaching, uh, help be doing their job and coaching people to win. Uh, we saw Julian Pena pull off the biggest upset in UFC history. Yeah. In uh, defeating Amanda Nunes. That's a by, fact. Yeah, that is a fact too. That's not even just a statement or an opinion. It is a statement, too. But by yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, submission in the second round, um, we saw the fight start off with Juliana Pena. I mean, we're watching her when they're calling her name. She was walking around like she was nervous. She was looking at Amanda Nunes, and she looked scared. And uh, whenever she, she was getting hit a little bit, and she was taking some good shots, and then Amanda got on top of her. And I, I and, didn't understand that. I, I yeah. don't mean to stop you there. No, but I didn't understand that. You had her rocked. You were hurting her. Yeah. Finish. Just like you did with everyone else you've finished. Yeah. But she instead went for the takedown. We're seeing that so much these days where someone hurts their opponent and then goes for yeah, I don't some type it. of takedown or pushes them up against the cage and initiates yeah. grappling. Yeah, we saw it in the next fight, too. Yeah, we did. Um, so, <laughs> we, um, so with that fight, though, I mean, uh, Juliana Pena is on the bottom and she's trying to transition in Manny Nunes, who has incredible jiu-jitsu under Rafael Cordero. Um She's stopping everything, and so uh, it was a very dominant round for Amanda Nunes, like usual. And uh, Julian Pena goes back to her corner and uh, starts telling her coach, she's stopping, she's stopping my transition. Her coach finally looked at her and was like, who cares? I don't care about the yeah. transition. Like, well, he wasn't super firm, yeah. and I think that worked for her because he was like, that, okay, okay, good. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. We knew that was going to happen. It's Amanda Nunes, remember? Yeah. It's fine. It's okay. You're doing exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Just go out there and do it again. Yeah. And I, it was very calming, and I think she needed that. I think she needed to realize, like, hey, we expected this. You knew this was going to happen. Why are you so freaked out right now? It's it, okay. And there's also a thing about, like, her coach reassuring her, like, you just made it out of the first round with yeah, Amanda Nunes. which most people haven't done. Yeah. It's like, this is, and it's funny, because while we're watching this, you're like, man, this is like watching Rocky in the first film. Yeah. Against Apollo Creed. Like, Amanda Nunes in there smiling and stuff. And um, Julian Pena is like finally realizing like I'm doing it I'm I'm doing it you know and second round starts and uh, we're seeing the stand up from Julian Pena and she did this he had a bad habit of throwing both punches at the same time so I watched that several yeah. times and yeah. we, we commented that that she was putting both her hands out there at the same time which is yeah. really bad form yeah and not I'm not justifying it it's sloppy but yeah. what she did is pretty smart because uh, what she would do and this is one of the reasons that Amanda couldn't get a hit off. Oh, and I she pushed her out. Yeah, held her there, and then threw that heavy right hand. Okay. Um. So then, whenever she started throwing the jabs, Amanda was expecting to be held, but she would get popped in the face instead. Yeah. So 
and at, sloppy but effective. And at one point, we see that uh, I mean, Julia Pena is looking confident, and uh, Amanda Nunes went from smiling to not smiling at all. Yes. all and these shots were starting almost. to snap her head back. I mean, she was getting hit hard. Then out of nowhere, she just starts. She, she starts doubling up on the jab and starts landing yeah. the right hand, and it's like, oh shit, she's actually hurt. And then Juliana Pena just does what she's known for, and she gets her back, and she takes her to the ground. She drags her down that with a toss really nice toss. Really nice. And then uh, and that's what Juliana Pena does. Uh, people forget about that and gets her back. Doesn't even, I, I, what's it called? She <laughs> just muscle memory. What'd you say? I said they must have forgot. You must have forgot that Juliana Pena is a great wrestler and jiu-jitsu practitioner, and she gets her back. Doesn't even really have the hooks in. And um, gets the choke and submits Amanda Nunes. I was fucking going crazy, dude. Yeah, I was jumping around like I can't. Would she tap? She freaking tapped. And yeah, I, I, I don't know how many times I'd have to watch that to be to understand how tight that choke must have been because Amanda tapped pretty quick. I think it was also her being rocked, kind of like when Jan Blakovich. Yeah, you, you wake know? up or you, you really come to and and you can't breathe. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. You just tap. Uh, it's very possible. Uh, but wow, literally the biggest upset in UFC history. Yeah. Uh star of the night, Juliana Pena, yeah. for sure. I mean, she went out there, she took the she took the beating and she gave it right back and she showed that she was gonna bring Amanda Nunes out of out to deep waters and that's what she did. She uh she couldn't swim, bro. She could not swim. Um not like Cody Garber. Cody Garber can't swim either. Not anymore. He must have forgot. <laughs> And so it's one of these things, though. It's where I was talking last night with you a little bit. It's, uh, you know, you go back to the Jermaine Durandamy, the second fight that she had with uh, Amanda Nunes. She was piecing up Amanda Nunes. And I think what it is about Amanda Nunes that makes her so dominant, she does have good boxing. But she also, it's very much of uh, she gets really sloppy and she doesn't have very good cardio. Um, she just hits people hard. She hits yeah. like, like she like relies even very heavily on that power. Rafael Cordero, and this is a quote, as he said it himself, is uh, she hits like a man. You know, and people can't handle that. I'm sure I couldn't handle that if she hit me. I'm positive I couldn't. And um, it was just a great fight to see that. And we know that Manny Nunes is good on the ground. She completely controlled Felicia Spencer. But even whenever she got taken to the ground, she wasn't fully there. She got choked out. And we have a new face to the women's bantamweight division that we've needed for a long time. The Venezuelan Vixen. Yep. Also, she should look into a new nickname. Yes. 100%. And so, uh, with that though, we saw the biggest upset. Now on to a bittersweet main event. Um, we saw Charles Oliveira defeat uh, Dustin Poirier by a standing rear naked choke, which is his signature. He won his second UFC fight like that, and then several more. Yeah, uh, that's just what he does. But in that first round, Dustin Poirier came out and was popping him in the face. Yeah. And I think realized pretty quickly, hey, I can hit this guy. Yeah. Um, but we've seen that for with Charles Oliveira before. We've seen him get hit, get dropped even. And uh, I think I had mentioned that with his Chandler fight. Whenever we were watching, I was like, yeah, but you know that first round was all dusted. But yeah. we saw that with Michael Chandler and Oliveira came out and turned it on immediately. Yeah, and that's really, he, uh, what's that? In that second round, we saw Charles, man. I mean, he's used to be known as this jiu-jitsu wizard. And now he comes out with some incredible Muay Thai coming out. He's Very mixing it up. He's mixing him to the head, to the body, hitting a lot to the body, showing the big hole in Dustin Poirier's game. Uh, I'm a big Dustin Poirier fan. I would probably even say he's my favorite fighter. But, um, I mean, Dust, but he was just a step behind with everything Charles was doing. So finally they engage. They get to the ground. And Dustin is trying to get up, which I don't blame him at all. You don't want to be on the ground. If you're winning on the feet, 
and uh, might as well keep it in the center of the octagon, which is where I thought he should have kept it, especially with the Khabib fight. I said the same thing. He should have kept it there. And Dustin makes this mistake whenever uh, Charles has his arm in a triangle, and he he's like he has his hand on his foot, and he gets past the elbow. Like, if you notice that, whenever it's the triangle, he gets past the elbow. So that shows that his arm's not in danger anymore. And it decides to roll out almost. And it's like, why are you well, rolling out? Don't forget that uh, Oliveira was holding on to Poirier's glove. Oh, yeah. Um, was that Herb Dean? Yeah. Yeah. Second um, time it's that a, someone held on to Dustin Poirier's glove in front of Herb Dean. People grab gloves all the time in front of Herb Dean, and apparently he just doesn't think anything of it. But he was trying to pull out, and Dustin didn't want to say it straight up and take a, that, that away from uh, Charles in the post-fight. You could tell he didn't because he wouldn't yeah. make an excuse. People would jump on his ass about it. But he said, he's like, I was trying to pull, and my arm was free, but I couldn't get it out still. And um, Charles had his fingers hooked inside the middle of his glove. And um, yeah, I don't know why he decided. Even still, I don't know why he decided to roll. Yeah, um, your legs are always going to be stronger than arms. Yeah, just walk away. Dude. Yeah, yeah. That's all you had to do is walk away, make him stand back up, and start piecing him up again. Because Charles, even though he was showing his his grit and his toughness and his durability, he was only going to take so much of that. Yeah. You know, and uh, eventually he does that roll. Charles gets on top and. There's a long stalemate. The whole round of spin and Dustin Poirier's full guard. And um, Charles doesn't... I mean, he gets space to throw some elbows here and there. But then he has his fingers in Dustin's eyes. He's doing all types of stuff. And um, Herb Dean's not saying anything about that. And then eventually they stand up. They go back to the third round. And they go back to the corners, come out for the third round. And I don't know what happened with Dustin Poirier between the, the second and third round. Or even the first round. He just stood there. Yeah, and eventually he lets Charles Oliver just get his back and put in a rear naked choke. He but. did let. I w- I do think that's the correct word, but I don't want to take anything from away from Oliveira. No, it's so easy for him to do that because yeah. of how good he is at it. And that's so what I'm saying is there is no. It defense. definitely looks like Poirier let him. Yeah, uh, which like you're about to say, yeah, Poirier needs to work on his defense. Yeah, and he's needed to work on his defense. Uh, for a very long time, whenever he lost to Michael Johnson, yeah, his uh, striking defense is pretty bad, or was pretty bad. Yeah, it's not as bad now, but we've seen it with Khabib. Yeah, uh, we've seen it even with even with Connor. Connor went for a guillotine on him. Yeah, he, he could have had it maybe, but yeah. and that's the thing too. Those like we saw. Charles, you don't want a guy like um, you don't let just sit there and not try to fight a guy like Charles Oliveira who's trying to get your back and get his like get his hooks in, because Charles had no struggle at all getting those hooks in. No. Uh, but usually, I mean, Charles usually doesn't have to struggle to get some hooks in. That dude is so long and linky, and he's super strong. For considering he's built like a stick, but he's <laughs> solid as fuck. He's I mean he he hits hard as well. He is right now like the ideal champion, which you would want to have. Great striking. Great durability, um, great amazing teeth, re- amazing teeth, <laughs> pearly whites, man. They make me jealous. I, I need to reach out to his people and figure out well, how to. Bad eyes though. What's that? Bad Terrible eyes. eyesight. Well, we have that in the comments. How does he win the? How does he do so well? Yeah, with such poor eyesight. He has thick glasses. Imagine him with LASIK. Yeah, I mean, dude, he probably. Um, Imagine if he does get LASIK and he just starts running through everybody. And um, he's like, "Whoa, guys! You you see how skinny I am? I could bulk up." You see this? I could go up to like 205 and then just starts running that weight class. But um, again, another great performance by Charles Oliveira showing why he is the champion in the lightweight division. And I don't see anybody beating him until he has to fight Islam Makachev or Benil Dariush. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting matchups that yeah. can be made. Um, and yeah, I think I think with him it's hard because like anybody poses a threat to him, 
because he does get hit. Mm-hmm. But we've seen him take those hits and survive yeah. and win. And so uh, do you think if, let's see, if he defends that title like three more times, breaks the record, and he becomes lightweight GOAT? See, I think it's hard because I don't think he defends it that many times. No. I th- not that I think he retires as champ. Yeah. But I don't he's he's been doing this for freaking ever. Yeah. He's 32 and he's finally a champ. I think he does defend it a couple times, but I don't think he breaks the record. I think he gets money and is like, "All right. Deuces. I'm happy. Do what you got to do, man." But I think he can definitely become the lightweight goat if he trains hard enough for it and keeps up the will that he's he's had yeah. in these fights. Uh, but I, I think him and Islam will make an interesting fight. Um, I mean, hard to say who wins it right now, but I think he has a very heavy chance of winning that fight. So, yeah. uh, we don't know what's next for Dustin Poirier. What's he going to do? Is he going to call it a career? Is he going to come back and fight? Cause more than likely, <clears throat> and this is probably too early to say it, but, um, I don't think he fights for the, the belt again though. And for the rest of his career. Um, he'd have to borderline reinvent himself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let us know your thoughts on what UFC 269 was. Is pretty sick card, I think. Um, that brings us to the next and final card of 2021 from the UFC. Yep, and this is this is definitely a great card. Lots lots of good names to definitely look out for. Um, we have Justin Taffa making his return. Uh, I I actually watched him. I forgot his last fight, but he threw down in his last fight. Fought another uh, Samoan guy. Uh, always, always a fun fight with him. We have Gerald Merchart on the preliminary card as well, uh, fighting Dustin Stolzfus. And so, who are you looking out C- for? Cub Swanson and Darren Elkins, I think, is fight of the night. Yeah. Um, then you have Ricky Simone fighting. That's always going to be good. Stephen Thompson and Bilal Muhammad. That's a big fight for the welterweight division. And then at heavyweight, the main event, you have Chris Dawkins taking on Derek Lewis. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, before that, we have Mateus Gamrot. Oh, yeah. Matouche or whatever. Yeah. Taking on uh, Carlos Diego Fajero. And so, but back to the main event, though. That's the fight that really matters because we got a. The big boys. Yep. We got a heavyweight fight. These two guys are about to throw down Derek Lewis taking on Chris the Cop Dawkins. (laughs) So, um, Derek the Felon Lewis is taking on. Um, I would really like to see. Derek Lewis get a win, yeah. But it's one of those things, and I say this sometimes, and I, I, I in this moment, I hate myself for it. Uh, it does more for the division if Chris Dawkins wins. Yeah, I think Chris Dawkins wins. I think uh, if it goes to the ground, I don't think Derek Lewis just gets up. No, I think Chris Dawkins gets a hold of an arm or a neck. And walks away with it. Yeah, uh, Chris uh, Chris Dawkins is an up and coming heavyweight that everyone needs to look out for. He's scary good, very fast for a heavyweight as well. Uh, you don't he moves very very well. He works out with his little brother uh, Kyle Dawkins, who's a middleweight, so he has that speed to keep up with whenever they train together. But uh, Derek Lewis, man, he needs a win as well if he wants to. I don't. He wants to fight for a title again, or even be considered one of the best up yeah. there. You know, I mean, with this win right now, Kyle Dawkins. I mean, Chris Dawkins could easily go in there if he finishes Derek Lewis. He's fighting for the title uh, after uh, gone and and. Well, there's also Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall too, and so, fuck it, give Tom Aspinall John Jones. 
That that'd be weird. That would be a weird fight. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think uh, winner of this fight should fight Tom Aspinall. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Um, because Tom Aspinall's knocking on the door of a title. Uh, the winner of this fight is knocking on the door of a title. So yeah. I think put those two, figure out who deserves the shot, and then give them the shot after God. Imagine if Dawkins goes out there and knocks Derek Lewis out cold. I'll be sad. The, I'll be very sad. The, uh, the he's okay memes will be fucking going crazy. Um, but I, mean, I feel like I, I could see Derek coming out afterwards and be like, it's okay, guys. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> he's all like, <laughs> he has a face mask on trying to fix his broken nose. But no, I'm actually a big Derek Lewis fan. Uh, I'm not just trying to shit on him this whole time. Uh, I've always been a fan of him. Um, he said some. He's had some great ad libs in his interviews. He's one well. of the funnest people, like yeah. naturally funnest people to listen to. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have to say much. He just says what's on his mind, and it's hilarious. Yeah. People love it. People eat it up. He's one of the most quotable people, and but, even his fights are kind of like that too. He just sits there, and does what comes <laughs> to him, and it works. That freaking. Uh, switch kick he yeah. did the jumping switch kick on uh, Cyril Ghan that was great imagine if he would have knocked him out with that the one thing I'm tired of hearing about Derek Lewis though is not from him but from people my balls was hot my balls was hot you know how many great fucking one liners he has and that's yeah. the one we always hear I feel like this one's underrated uh, I'm gonna go in there and fold him like a french fry yeah. when he's talking about a french fighter Yeah, I think that's funny where when he's talking about, uh, he knocks, he takes, off, he completely decapitates uh, Travis Brown, <laughs> then looks in the crowd and says, "Where's Ronda Rousey's fine ass at?" Who was his girlfriend at the time? Yeah. Now they're married with child. Yeah, and Derek Lewis is still looking for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, definitely let us know your thoughts and predictions on that fight card. We would really like to discuss them with you. Reach out on Instagram, comment on YouTube. Um, tons sure, of different ways to get in touch with us. Make sure to. Like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah, we would seriously appreciate it. Yeah, we like interaction. Please do it.